Welcome everybody to another episode of the Cambridge Endurance Sports Podcast. We're growing every episode. I'm really pleased about that. Please, as I always say, rate, review, spread the word. Let's get more and more listeners so we can carry on with great guests. And today is no exception. Ian Willie Williamson, who I've known for a few years now, is a great guy and a very, very fast runner um, and Surprisingly, he got most of his personal bests in his mid-30s, and he talks about that today. You'll hear him talk at length about how his career has developed and the setbacks he's had, including multiple surgeries. Really interesting, I was going to say chat, but it's actually him telling us most of the time, and it's a real life story, if you like, in his young life so far. So please enjoy it. Carry on running, carry on riding, or just sit back and listen to Ian Willie Williamson. Hello, yes, Ron again. Did you miss me last week? <laughs> yeah, Ron turning in. That was my, well, he said he was my cousin, didn't he, that Stu, Stu Peacock? He ain't my cousin, I tell you, he's no blood relative of mine. He's my missus's cousin. Yeah, I had to lie low a bit. You know, you got locked down, I was nearly locked up, but that's all all right now, can't go into that. I've had a great time today, I tell you. I poured some water out over my path outside my house yesterday evening, and of course it's frozen over. And I've just been watching you runners today come tiptoeing over it like little fairies dancing about. I've even had a cyclist go over on his ass. Serves him right for riding on the pavement. I've been laughing my head off at you lot. I'm happy today. I tell you, I'm not boiling over at all. I'm going for a pint with my mate. I don't care about your stupid rules. I'm going for a pint and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to have a laugh thinking about you runners falling on your stupid asses. See you later. Chuck us a fag, Trace. Right, well, I'm really pleased to be here this evening talking, unfortunately, on Zoom. I'd much rather it were in person, and so would he, with uh, Ian Williamson. His Facebook page is Ian Willie Williamson. Are we allowed to call you Willie? Yeah, well, that's... Um, <laughs> of course, Ben, yeah. I mean, that, that's basically been my nickname from, uh, from when I was younger. So, uh, yeah, pretty much everyone... Well, I've had many nicknames over the years. Willie... Wiggy because of the hair, um, all sorts of things. So you can call me what you want, Ben. <laughs> all right, mate. Uh, well, well, really sounds sort of Scottish. And are you actually Scottish? Is that where you grew up, Scotland, or what? Yeah. So I mean, obviously, from talking to me now and hearing my accent, it's completely you know. There's no hint of Scottish there at all. But yeah. So I, both my parents were Scottish, and I grew up. Um, well, I was born in Nine Wells in. Dundee, which is on the east coast, so I lived there till about four or five years old. Excellent. So not then, not not the nine wells at the back of Addenbrooke's then. <laughs> no, no, not not, not that nine wells. Um, but yeah, and then my parents divorced, and then I moved down to uh, Cambridge. I well, actually moved to Foxton to, yep. to kind of begin with, um, and then sort of. By all accounts, I, I had a pretty strong Scottish accent up until about um, eight or nine years old. And then I just came home one day and said uh, to my mum, uh, I'm going around Kate's house. And she was like, what? What, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going around Kate's house. And my accent completely changed. So, um, but yeah, so... You've been but, a good um, Cambridge yeah, so, boy ever since. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but I am Scottish 100% through and through. So, yeah. That, that's where the ties lie, but uh, speaking to me, you wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Well, but you should be able to do a Scottish accent because you've all, one of your other talents is acting, isn't it? So you, can you tell us a bit about that? Are you a bit of an actor yeah. as well? Because have I seen, and I've got to hear about this 
clip where you were you all advertising a fast food thing in German or something? What was it? I saw. Come on, explain. Yeah, that, that, that is true. I um, I landed a, a, a role for McDonald's, and it was advertising the McRib the McRib sandwich. Um, <laughs> I kind of slightly lied on my um, uh, when we went for the audition. They were looking for people that could speak German, and I literally have. I can't exactly speak much German, but I, uh, it, I, it requires some basic, basic yeah. knowledge. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 I did that. I think I was in, in 2017, and they flew me out to Germany, uh, to Hamburg, of all places. Um, <laughs> Hamburg is in Hamburg, yeah. That's right. And then I think spent the. Uh, I was there for three days. One day was uh, completely flat out filming. Um, I must have eaten, God, close to maybe 60 McRibs. Mm. Obviously, I didn't swallow them. The, like The first five or six I was just eating. I was like, oh, these are all right. These are quite tasty. Then after a while, I was like, spitting them out, and there was one guy, his job was to basically catch my spit oh. with food and then take it away because you have to do like, multiple takes of it. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the thing um, with, with the acting. I mean, you, you know, you can do one scene, which is basically just a bite of... Uh, a hamburger and that can take three hours you know because they're shooting from different angles can you do a slow bite can you do a fast bite can you do a little bite can you do a big bite you know it's uh, <laughs> it can get quite quite boring yeah. but I don't know I think I, th- I think I'm, I'm, I'm quite sort of used to repeating things because obviously with athletics sometimes training is boring it's basically say. just repeating the same thing over and over year on year on year you know, you have your kind of blocks of training. Winter time, you'll be doing your mileage. Then you'll be coming into the spring, and you'll be kind of, you know, bringing the pace down a bit. Then you'll go into the kind of track season, then you'll sharpen up. And it's just literally the same thing on loop year on year. So mm. I think that's why I I don't get too too kind of um, like like bored. I, yeah. I'm kind of used to used to that 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 kind of yeah. way of uh, you know. Yeah, doing things, doing, yeah, and that's sort yeah. of on a, that's sort of on a macro level. And you're actually now yeah. with your strength and conditioning stuff, you're probably breaking things down in terms of movement as well, to on a much more um, micro level as, as you were in that advert, in a way. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's true. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I've, I've kind of always been. I like routine. I like, I, you know. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's times when I've been bored, you know, with, with running and stuff. You know, oh, you have to do this again. But it's almost like you, it, it, you, you, you do it, and you don't think about it. Mm. It's just so normal, you know. Um, but you, you kind of touched upon, um, you know, uh, people coming to kind of personal training and stuff. You know, yeah. sometimes I find it tough. Because they come to me and they say, look, I, I just want to get fit. I want to lose lose weight. And then you give them like a series of exercises and you repeat them quite a lot. You know, maybe you'll do a three or four week block and then they'll turn around and say, oh, oh I'm a bit bored. Can't we do something else? Can't we do this? And I'm thinking, well, if you really want to get fit, unfortunately, um, you know, fitness is a bit repetitive. It is a bit a bit, bit boring. It can't just be you do things that you like all, all the time. You have to do some things that are, are, are you know, maybe that you don't like and you have to repeat them because then how can you see if you're improving? You know, I, I think yes. in point. the beginning I had a bit of a problem with it all, you know, not a problem with it, but because of the background that I'm from being an athlete or a sportsman, it's very different than um, I, I think the 
gym culture. You know, you go into the mm. gym and you see these guys, and you know, they're they're very top heavy. They're kind of parading around, you know, lifting arm weights and, and wanting just to get massive, you know, and yeah. that's their sole purpose. But, you but you're top heavy as well, but that's just your hair, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is just my, my hair. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> you know, but, but um, yeah, so it's, um, it, it was kind of weird being, you know, thrown into that environment. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's just not the way I work. Sure. And it's not the way I try. And if I had someone who's coming to me and they just wanted to get massive, I'd be like, I think I'm probably the wrong person for the job. I mean, it's all performance-based hmm. for me. You know, if, if someone's running a bit, you know, faster or they're rowing a bit better or they're, or their what bike stats are, are, are better, I'm happy. Mm. And that, to me, shows progression. Sure. You know, rather than them saying to me, oh, you know, I've, I've been weighing myself, you know, X amount, you know, this this day, this day. Well, you know, I can't remember the last time I weighed myself. You know, mm. I, I, I just know when I'm in shape and I know when I'm not. And that's yeah. just from years of training. You know, you know when you're running well, you know, you know, if I'm on the what bike or whatever, I know when I'm having a good day and a bad day. Exactly, yeah, you do, certainly, I mean, you're not as old as me, but uh, you do with time get to the stage I'm where you know, there. yeah, you get catching up. It'd be great, the, 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 well, you can see my, my, my chin, you know, that's starting to go. Yeah, for, yeah. for a podcast listener, he's got a little white bit on the middle of his beard, but he still looks yeah. about 25, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> so we, 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 sort, we sort of jumped to the, the present without sort of looking at the past, because... Uh, I was saying actually to some mutual friends of ours that I was running with last week that you're perhaps one of the Cambridge runners who's slipped under the radar a bit in terms of how well you've done and yet you haven't been, you know, your name isn't probably that well known to a lot of local runners, maybe because you've been, maybe because you've been out, in and out of the sport. So what I'd like to do is to sort of go right back and tell us when you, when you started, what was your first experience of running and how it sort of happened at the beginning? Yeah, so I mean, I think growing up, it was pretty obvious that I was naturally gifted. You know, I, I again, just just to kind of touch upon this briefly, you, you know, you can look at a kid, hmm. or you know, or you know, and, and 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 you can know instantly that they're kind of good at running, or you can look at their shape and they got like a, a broad kind of, um, you know. Shoulders, narrow hips, and, and they just look, Swimmer. you know, like they're, you know, kind of little athletes. You know, there was like a picture of me when I was eight years old next to my mum, and I looked like some wrestler. I was yeah. just absolutely ripped abs, not scrap of fat on me, because I was just always running around, and I loved running around. You know, whether it was just running around the village, um, you know, or, or whatever. But I was obviously, you know, in sports day, I, I can just remember. You know, whether it was sprinting, whether it was, you know, um, slightly longer distance, I never lost to pretty much anyone, you know, uh, you know, in the kind of, you know, uh, younger years, whether mm. it was you know, school, you know, sports, whether it was county sports, you know, I remember one once turning up to, um, it was the county, maybe it was, it, was, it was the county champs and I missed my race, I missed like the, I don't know, um, junior boys sure. so I said so, so then I got put up into the intermediate and I just went and beat all of them nice. um, you know and that, that was a St Ives I, I, like I can remember and I remember just like also sort of lapping kids over the 1500 metres and, and stuff like that and 
I think one of my regrets was I never actually got involved in going to a club when I was slightly younger. I just kind of went off talent. I never trained. You know, my, my training was just playing football with my mates. It was running around a, a, you know school at a, a, a playtime. You know, mm. um, like I would pretty much skip my lunch and then just just go kind of running you know around. But I obviously was. I still competed, you know, and, and I just remember... So was it, sorry, know, was it the school or was it yourself entering yourself for these county competitions? It was school. So the school were quite proactive, but, you know, if you were good at football... You Which school was that? Uh, I, I went to Melbourne. Cool. Melbourne, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a very good college uh, in, in, in terms of, um, for, for, like, sports. We, we had a very good year, you know. Um, I think Luke Chadwick went there. Carl Chadwick, obviously, he's very, you know, they're both very good... Um, football. Um, you know, sportsmen, you know, like in their own, own, own right, really. Like, and we had a lot of, um, you know, fit people there. You know, mm. it, it was kind of a sporty, sporty year, but, but not once did one of them say, you know, maybe go along to Cambridge and College at, at Wilberforce Road or, or, or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I, 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 like, you know, I obviously did very, very well in the county champs. I mean, I won countless, you know, I found when I was, clearing my mum's place out. I found all the medals and all the certificates mm. and, you know, all those, like, the, like the 3A badges and yeah. stuff and that little piece of paper I've, I've got all, all of that. I mean, I, I think I ran something crazy like 410 or 412 as a 14-year-old. For 1,500? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, you know, but back then, I didn't have a clue what, what those times kind of meant. And, you know, and then as soon as I got to, like, the um, English schools, I got beat. Mm. You know, I, I think I came fourth or something like that, and and I didn't. I just thought, well, what, why am I getting kind of beaten? But little did I really understand. All these kids were training, and I wasn't. So mm. therefore, and that kind of discouraged me a bit. And then I kind of um, got involved in tennis. I was a very good tennis player. You know, um, sort of again county, regional level. Um, you know, I was also good at football. You know, if I just love sports, you know, mm. but it, it, I kind of didn't find my path in athletics. You know, had I maybe joined Cambridge and Coleridge, maybe things would have been different. You know, I think obviously I reached some very good levels, but I, I don't think I fulfilled my potential. I mean, that's pretty obvious. You know, I mean, you don't run personal bests at 35 years old, really. You know, yeah. certainly through 800, 1500 and, and, and 3K. I just got it a little bit wrong, but... Um, so so you said that's at 35. I mean, can I say, are you now are you now 40 or not yet? Oh, yeah, I am, yeah. Oh. I'm 42 now. Oh, you're 42. Yeah. All right, okay. So um, so in your career, you've, put, you've had at least sort of a couple of peaks, haven't you? So you're talking about then doing your personal best at 34, yeah. 35. But what about yeah. before that? What was your sort of... What were your earlier peaks, if you like? Before, let's go. We'll go into that in a minute. But where would you say was your best running in your earlier yeah. days? So I mean, obviously, I took a break. You know, I, I was obviously good from sort of like the younger ages. Maybe I'm kind of guessing like eleven through to fourteen or fifteen, maybe sixteen. But I think I, I'm pretty sure like fifteen, sixteen. I was a, I was again a bit more involved in tennis. Um, then I took a massive break. I, I didn't do anything at college, you know, I was just going out drinking, uh, I was a bit more interested in women, you know, partying, sure. uh, you know, waking up on a, a Saturday morning, probably slumped next to a tramp outside Burger King that now is Zara, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you know I, I was pretty wild when I was younger, you know, and, and I was just, you know, I, I, 
think I'd obviously, you know, you, you get to college and, and, and you just go a bit, a bit nuts. But um, then I returned back to athletics. I think I, I went to uni. Now, this wasn't Loughborough because I went to Loughborough later on. Um, mm. I was at Buckinghamshire Chilterns, which is High Wycombe. Okay. And I remember the first year, um, it wasn't the best year for, for me. I'd, I'd left all my friends. I was a, a bit sad, you know. I'd gone to a new uni. Um, one question for you, Ben. Is it, like, is it okay to talk about um, Class C drugs uh, on a, a podcast? Well, if you only want to do C, yeah, I mean, do B and A if you want, you know. But, um, you, know, you know, you go to uni, I was smoking a bit of, you know, weed and stuff like that. And it just wasn't, it wasn't me. I wasn't myself. I came back after the first year and my mum took one look at me and just said, oh, you don't look very good, do you? And, and I was a bit out of shape. I didn't look particularly well. I was like, well, that's basically, that was enough to get me back that was a trigger, into, yeah. into running. And that, that summer, I just basically started training, like running in... Um, some ridiculous racing flats was running sort of out the back of Foxton doing like 10k, 12k road loops and stuff like you know really mm. trying to get myself fit. I sorted my diet out um, and then went back to uni in the second year, joined the athletics club, and um, I think my first race was it was the well it was a race that I entered myself and it was the Marlowe Five. It was a five mile oh, yeah. race, and I think I ended up running something like. 25-15 so nice. you know that's pretty pretty handy you mm. know um, mm. and I remember beating uh, a woman I mean uh, called Hayley Yelling and again I know, yeah. didn't know who she was but then it turns out she was some you know she was a, a, a back back then she was a very good runner yeah you know, I remember she was that, yeah. like an international and again that was from just going out and running there might, there might be some people. There might be some people who listen to the Marathon Talk podcast, which is hosted by Martin Yelling, and he's got yes. he's got a wife called Liz Yelling, who was an excellent marathon yeah. runner, and I think Haley was his sister or is his sister? Yes, his sister. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, no, no, and she was a good runner in her right. I mean, she was a GB international, you know, and, and yeah. was for some, you know, for some years. Um, but um, yeah, so that was again off my own. I had, had no coach, you know, I wasn't listening to, you know, I, I just was, you know, starting to, you know, I, I just wanted to get fit. That was, that was kind of basically it, you know, and then it kind of progressed. I remember I, I, I kind of didn't touch too much on the, on the track. I wasn't great at the track by then. I was doing sort of half marathons. Um, I remember I ran the Marlow, no, uh, the High Wickham half. And I think that year I came again off limited training I think it came 12th I can't oh. remember exactly maybe I ran like 75 minutes or something mm. like like that and I remember um, a guy that won it he was like 50 years old Paul Gregory or something he, he was like a postman I was just like how the hell am I getting beaten by a 50 year old you yeah. know and then the next year I kind of knuckled down and um, and wanted to really win it um, unfortunately I came second because i blew myself up uh, halfway. I think I yeah. went through 10K in something like 32 minutes, and that was far too fast for me. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and ended up coming second, and he beat me again. That, <laughs> that postman, Paul Gregory, uh, yeah, I think he ran for like Vale of Aylesbury or something, and I just remember I was being, uh, you know, so annoyed about him <laughs> beating me. And that was old probably the, Yeah, that was probably the last, 
faster. But I was doing a lot of local 10Ks and winning them, you know, yeah. running like 32, 33 minutes. Nothing sort of, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, nothing special. You know, I mean, I'm sure there'll be listeners thinking, you know, or well, 32, 33 minutes, I'd, 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 you know, chop off my right arm to run those, you know, times. But, but you know... Well, if you did that, you'd get in the Paralympics running those times without one arm, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> very true. It's very true. But no, um, so, you know, I didn't really go back to the, the kind of track until I maybe, sort of, maybe my third year, then I went to Cambridge and College, and then I was coached under Mike Smith, mm. you know, um, and again, I, I became okay. I think I was running sort of around about 350. You know, um, I hadn't broke broken three fifty for fifteen hundred. You know, um, but I did. I got to the finals of the indoor um, Great Great British Championship. You know, that was on the TV back then, so that that was a, like a highlight. Yeah. Um, you know, and was I, that I was that sorry was that was that just still representing CNC or were you international? Cambridge and that was that was, was uh, yeah that was CNC. So, so so national selection hadn't come yet. No, so I hadn't been picked for you know. I would just win things on local level, you know, anything in the local area, I, you know, I, I could probably win it, you know, like five Ks or 10 Ks or, you know, yeah. stuff on my train. But again, it wasn't, um, you know, I, I didn't have my training right. That was for certain, you know, and, and, and it, and it kind of showed, you know, um, it wasn't like I wasn't prepared to put in the hard work. I was putting in the hard work, but I was just doing it in the wrong, wrong sort of way. And yeah. then, I was sort of getting problems with my calves, but I didn't really understand what it was. I just thought it was, you know, you get a bit sore from working out occasionally, and, and I would just continue to run through it. But it wasn't really hampering my um, performance, or, or, or I certainly wasn't aware that it was mm. at, that, at that sort of stage. But um, so, you know, again, I still hadn't done anything particularly, uh, you know, you know, I, I hadn't reached you know, th- that kind of standard. What did you, uh, that, were you, at that point, at that point, were you driven? Were you, were you, did you now have a goal to like get sub 345 or, or anything yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, right, I, 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 I want to break three, 350, you know, I, I want to, um, you know, get, you know, then I was thinking, well, you know, right, now I should get myself kind of known to like the Scottish, you know, like athletics, yeah. um, you know, um, Whatever you know, like the people Go. that pick the teams and, and stuff, because I was just completely off the radar. You know, as I say, I was running for CNC. I had no. Um, I think you have to obviously register as a Scottish athlete and, yep. and all that sort of stuff. So, so and so then I started to register, and then was looking at who. Then I started looking, you know, who was running what times and who yep. was doing this. And these guys, they were quite far ahead of me. You know, they were running sub three forty five. So I was thinking, right, well, I need to up my up my kind of game here. Um, and then, I mean, I can't think sort of in terms of like the timeline, I know that I didn't have my first surgery until about 2010. So I think by then I'd maybe just gone to Loughborough. Mm. Um, I spent two years there. Now I didn't run particularly well there. Uh, I must admit that, that again, that was when I started to notice I was getting a lot of problems with my calves. It was hampering my training and actually hampering my performance. Um, Obviously, I think before leaving, I'd sort of, you know, run close to like, you know, I'd nearly broken 350 for the figure. I couldn't break four minutes when I was there. Right. I I was having a bad time over there. And I think it was because 
you're kind of dumped in and there's like about 20 to 40 athletes in the in the team and you're not really getting any individual and there's so much opportunity to run in the morning run in the afternoon run in the evening go to yeah. circuits go to wake. and i was just trying to do too much right. you know um, and i think what what happened was is i was running way too many miles you know mm. not recovering running in stupid footwear again not really being sensible had i had the head on me that i have now with the hair um <laughs> then, you know, I think I would have been a different athlete and I think I would have gradually made good kind of progress instead of, well, I effectively um, caused myself a lot of damage in my calves, which needed, you know, multiple surgeries year on year. And I, you know, I had a, a, I think, like I'm not sure how how much you know, but I had compartment issues, which was swelling within the muscle compartments. And the only way to really fix it is to cut the outer layer of the muscle, and that and, and, and that just kept happening. I kept having to have them pretty much done year on on year. And how long would the recovery be after each one of those? You know, it, it's it's a fairly sort of um, you know, it's it's not particularly um, you know, it's it's not like a serious surgery. It doesn't interfere with a lot of stuff, but you've still got to cut the outer layer of the muscle, and you've still got to rest up. You know, yeah. and and then but the problems come with the scar tissue. So yeah. obviously the scarring, the more you operate, the more scarring. And, and, but the whole point is to create space within the kind of muscle and yeah. because the blood supply was getting kind of cut off and, and you know, my, my feet were just, were just slapped on the floor. They, oh. you know, they were unresponsive. I, I wasn't able to clear out waste kind of products, you know, and, yeah. and my legs were feel heavy um, and, it, and it was showing in my performance. I mean, I was running 20 seconds slower than, 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 mm. than you know, I mean, that's, that's a hell of a lot. Over oh, yeah. 1,500 days a lot. Yeah. So how, how did you get back on track in the, in the end then? So, obviously, I, I did have a great time in kind of Loughborough. You know, I was made to run a lot of, like, cross-countries, you know, um, which is, you know, some athletes respond well to that. I don't. I'm just, I'm a very toey runner, and I just, I'm like a car wheel spinning. Any sort of mud, I'm just, like, spinning, and I can't get any traction. I've got to so, stop you there. I've got to stop you there, because the first time I was aware of you as a runner was at a frostbite race in Swavesey. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, that, no, it was half half road, half... Half mud, proper mud. Yes. Yeah. Was, and yeah. and you destroyed everybody there by miles. I couldn't believe how far ahead you were there. So you, you, you must have... Yeah. I suppose I have been okay. I mean, I, I suppose I won the county cross 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 country championship a couple of years as well. So it depends on the on the ground, I think. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I mean, I oh, yeah, that you have a fair point there, actually, Ben. You know, that I, I maybe I just grew not to not to like. Yeah, it, exactly. Probably didn't like it. Yeah. it with my compartment issues as well. It, it, it just. I think, you know, I just struggled massively, massively at Loughborough. Um, the other point I should make is that last week, the um, path near my house is about under a foot of water, and most of us turned around when we got to it, whereas you decided to run straight through it. So. Oh, no, it's like, you know what, I'm already wet, my feet are wet, I'm going through it, and uh, I've probably gone through, over the last month, it's been about, the, I tell you what, further down, I went again a couple of weeks ago, and it had completely flooded... It's, as you're kind of going out of Hazlingfield up that Cantaloupe Farm Road, you just yeah, keep yeah. going straight. When you come to this little bridge, yep. the whole thing was just flooded. I know, so yeah. I just went through that, and it came up to my knee. Actually, and I was just like, <laughs> oh well, you know, um, you know, these are these are, these 
I don't really care. I just kind of cracked on with it. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, good. It's all about the attitude, isn't it? And hopefully, yeah, so you're, you're telling us how you sort of come back from the surgery. And we want to know now how you got to this point of being able to get noticed by the Scottish uh, yeah, yeah, authorities. Yeah, so I, mean, I, I, I came back to, um, back to Cambridge because obviously I, I wasn't going to get any medical help there. I was obviously registered in Cambridge, you know, the GP and everything. So it took about a year to diagnose what was wrong. No one knew what, what it was. No one had heard of compartment syndrome. Uh, they were like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you've just torn your muscle. You, you, you've got this. And that was the most frustrating thing because mm. I would rest it and it just wouldn't get any better. You know, I, I'd rest it for a month. And then within a couple of weeks of back running, same thing, the kind of tightening and, and, and that. So it took a while. Um, I went to see a doctor called Kathy Speed, oh, yeah. who she kind of was a sports doctor, um, you know, and, and went, went to see her privately. Then I got referred to some uh, guys down in Leicester, a guy called Mike Allen, I don't remember his assistant, and they did a, uh, what's called a striker pressure test, where they mm-hmm. stick these probes into your muscles, they make you run, and then they measure your pressure. And if, obviously, if they get over a certain level, then um, that will... That, that determines whether you've got compartment issues or not. And I think normal pressures are 15. One of them on mine was 80, Oof. and the other one was 60, and they were basically herniating. So I was pushing myself through through the pain, and mm. they were starting to bulge. This was why my calves are quite sort of, um, obviously like the, uh, like the listeners won't be able to see, but they, they, they are quite, one, in, one leg is bigger, slightly bigger than the other. Mm. Where I've had all the surgery, my calves are a bit kind of, chopped up and mutilated and they kind of they, they do kind of bulge out of it yeah um most most guys in the gym were always envious of my calves because i had massive calves and they were always trying to get their legs bigger because they had the big upper body and the tiny little legs and yeah. they were jealous of that but obviously for me um that was all right <laughs> what I really going for but um so yeah and then so i went and had they diagnosed compartment syndrome i had to pay for it um, so we went through this process. I thought I was going to be insured. Uh, it turns out I wasn't insured. I'd gone ahead with the surgery. It cost me about £4,000 to have it done. Mm. Um, and, you know, I was really happy. Things were going great. And then as soon as I had the surgery, it was evident about a month later something wasn't quite right. Um, I couldn't turn my foot properly inwards. It, I was in a lot of pain. Um, and, yeah, there was something that wasn't quite... Right, so I went back to Kathy Speed. I called this Mike Allen guy, and they just sort of weren't really interested. Um, mm. They were like, "Look, you need more time," and blah 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 blah. So then she said, "Look, I think you should go and see this other guy in Cambridge, who's a vascular surgeon. You know, he oh, yeah. doesn't strictly deal with compartments, but he, he's you know he he's done a lot of um, sports surgeries on the Cambridge United players, uh, and, and his name was Mike Gore." Um, He's, uh, he's, a, he, he's, he's mainly known for varicose veins. Oh, yeah. So he used to work for the NHS, but now he runs a private clinic and, 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 and kind of does uh, kind of vein sort of stuff. But, but he kind of knew about it. So I went to see him again uh, privately. So, you know, this was costing me, well, my mum a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't like I was going in for some cosmetic surgery. I, I, I just wanted to be able to run. You know, I wanted to be able to run again. Um, and this seemed like the only, only kind of way. 
So I went to see Mike, and funny enough, he <laughs> we instantly stuck up, uh, uh, struck up a connection because he used to be a runner. And then as we went into the consultation, he told me that he'd run against like Steve Cran, he'd beaten him as a kid, and all this sort yeah. of stuff. And I think he, in a certain sense, he, he felt sorry for me. You know, mm. I told him that I, you know, I just wanted to be able to run again, and he very kindly basically just put me on the NHS, and 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 so I didn't have to pay for the surgery. But to skip to it, I had my first surgery. He went in and said look, that they've not really done the job that needed to be done. They haven't cut enough of it. Um, so I'm not surprised that you can't you know, run. Within two weeks of him doing it, my foot had kind of realigned. I could move it the way I wanted to because he'd loosened off the muscle. And I was able to run again pain-free. Pain right. You, and obviously it took a, a bit of time. Um, so that was around about 2010. I'd also changed coaches, so I'd left Mike Smith, um, you know, uh, I won't go too much into that because there may be some people that know him, um, yeah, yeah. you know, but we, you know, some coaches you respond well to, others you don't, and we just didn't get on, you know, um, that was that, um, and I went to another coach called Morris Bett, who, oh. um, he was a groundsman at Wilberforce Road, Okay. so he's an older guy. And it turns out that back in the day, he was a very, very good 1,500-meter runner. I mean, he'd run sub-340. He was a 3.39 man, I think. So he obviously had a lot of mm. knowledge. And during my time training with Mike Smith, he was always very interested. You know, he was always ask, asking me what I was doing. And I, and I was frustrated with a lot of Mike's training. I felt sure. that it wasn't quite right for me. And Morris took an interest. I didn't have a coach at that time because I left Loughborough. Um, I was under George Gandhi then. Mm. Um who sadly he, he passed away this this year actually or last mm. year but anyway I'll, I'll, I won't go into too much kind of detail but yeah I, I, I ran I started to train with Morris his training was very different hard you know but not as much mileage so he had me out at Royston Heath doing hill reps quite a lot we would you know actively be on the track you know some days he'd have us doing hills on a Monday and track on a, a, a Tuesday, you know, so it was right. quite intense. It, it, was, yeah. it was a hard, hard program. Um, maybe not ne not necessarily the best for me after my surgery, but I certainly started to get results. And I think it was either, I think it could have been 2012, so maybe two years after I'd had my, my surgery, I basically got into a BMC down at Lee Valley and I front ran 347 Brilliant. on my own. Um, and I was like, wow, you know. This for that, is for those who don't know, BMC is British Milers Club that organise yeah. sort of quite high-grade track events. Yeah. So I basically turned up uh, a low, it was a low-key meet, you know, it was like one of the regional races, so not not one of the kind of big, yeah. bigger ones. Um, and won it, Quite comfortably, you know, I'd beaten a couple of three sub three forty um, runners. Yeah. You know, I, I'd beaten some high caliber guys. Yeah. You know, maybe that they weren't on their day, but basically just run it from the front and run away from them, and felt like it was a piece of cake. You know, it yeah. was, uh, and, and then not long after that, um, that led into what's kind of the the kind of big big UK races like the Watford BMC and now that's normally billed as a very very high quality race and I think I got put into the B race um, you know I was brimming full of confidence you know uh, I just front run a 347 you know Morris had told me well you know what you can run way quicker than that 
again, I tried to do the same thing. I front ran it and, and it unfortunately got pipped just on the line by a guy called Frank Baddock, who's another very good runner. He was at Luck Run. I think I ran 3.45. Right. So again, you know, things were moving yep. very, very fast. You know, so I was probably, I was in my late 20s then, you know, or, or I, can't, I can't really work out that, that in my head. But yeah, I mean, it must have been then. And, and then I was, I'd lined up the Scottish Championships, which were in um, August. Right. And I'd, um, you know, I'd only maybe run a handful of races, but they were just going so well. You know, um, I, I, you know, broken my fifteen hundred meter PBs back to back. You know, yeah. like uh, and, and and it felt like easy. So I'd gone to Scotland and um, I'd gone down there. I, you know, waltzed through the heat and got to the final. Um, again, tactically didn't go particularly well for me. I, I, there was a, a guest runner called Collis Birmingham. Who, for those who might not know that name, he was an Olympian. For, yeah. He ran in the Olympics for Australia. A very good runner. Um, he was predominantly a five k to ten k. I mean, he's run. I don't know. He's probably broken thirteen minutes for for five k on the on the on the track. You know, yeah. high class runner. Again, I tried to run it run at him from the front. <laughs> he sat me, went past me, and I think I ended up fading over the last three hundred and ended up coming third. But I still won a, a Scottish medal. You know, um, beating guys who subsequently went on to represent Scotland in the Commonwealth Games in the next sort of eight years, and I bet I beat them fairly comfortably. But in the process, um, a week later, injured myself, had problems with my calves, and that was the end of my season. Um, right. Had to have more surgery, and that pretty much was that year was when I was getting very, very good. Yes. Um, then probably went on, I, I didn't really do much, 2013, 2014, I'd had surgery, um, you know, I'd maybe shaved half a second off my PB, but off the top of my head, I don't think I'd done anything. Yeah. So, right, we're, we're moving yeah. into your mid-30s now, aren't we? Because you're 42 yeah. now, so yeah. you must have been 34-ish now. Yeah, so that was when I was becoming frustrated. I couldn't understand why I wasn't getting any better. You know, I made these big jumps, but it was becoming evident that I couldn't handle the training. I couldn't get on the track as much. I couldn't go on the road as much. Right. Um, so I had to go on the kind of grass. I'd have to train on my own quite a lot because obviously the other team were, they were going onto the, onto the, to right. the track. And, you know, and I'd had a couple of, couple of run-ins with, with Morris. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it he was a funny bugger, you know, he, he, he was a bit moody and a bit grumpy and, you know, maybe I, you know, I would often sort of say, oh, I really want to do well in this race, I really want to, and he was just like, these are nothing races, you know, these yeah. are nothing, you don't need to concentrate on this, you need to think about the Scottish Championship, and I'm like, yeah, but I want to, you know, I want to do well at, the, you know, at the, uh, I don't know, like the Cambridge University intercount, you know, inter, inter cross country thing, you know, if I'd like to win it, I've, I've run that, he said, look, he said, don't need to worry about that. I'm just like, yeah, but so there was a bit of sort of, you know, like yeah, it's difficult, yeah. isn't it, when a coach has got you on a program aiming at specific yeah. races and you want to race more of that. It's difficult, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, and obviously I could sometimes I couldn't do the training that he wanted. I don't think he really understood my compartment issues, and you know I was in a lot of pain, Ben. You know, and yeah. I would I would just run through it. 
you know, I, I would always say I've, I, I've had a high pain threshold. You know, I used to go down to see Mark Buckingham, who was oh, yeah. a very good physio in Northampton. I, and I would drive down there every week. It was a three-hour round trip. And he would just literally just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> literally beat the living crap out of my calves. But it worked. I remember one time taking Tramadol to try and, you know, uh, you know numb the pain and all it did is I was driving back I nearly crashed my car because I nearly fell asleep but <laughs> you know I, I, I took a lot of that was the only way yeah. that I was able to run I was having to have treatment I was having to have massage but anyway um, I think a turning point in my career I, I think Morris had, had got kind of fed up um, I was fed up I think you know it was a combination of you know he maybe wasn't as patient as as, I, as he maybe should have been, maybe I was a bit too, you know, uh, there was some politics between the Cambridge University, you know, uh, and I got involved in a, in a, like a, like an argument with, I thought one guy who was a mate of mine at uni should have been picked for the team, you know, and he wasn't the best runner, you yeah. know, and, um, the captain who was also in my training group, he was, he was like my training partner had, you know, slagged him off and stuff, and I just kind of got involved in it. Morris didn't like that, and then a couple of evenings later, um, you know, he got I, I basically got a call, and he said, "Look, Ian, I can't coach you anymore." Right. And I was just like, "Well, what do you mean?" And he just flat out just said, "I just can't coach you." And I was just that's like, probably to be fair. Coach. That's probably the wise thing to do, wasn't it? To step out of the way so that you could probably best thing for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was very upset you know um, and then that obviously caused a bit of a problem because my training partner my main training partner uh, at the time was John Cook who was he's a very good 800 uh, or was a very good 850 meter runner um, he was my training partner yeah. so I was left with no training partner it was in a really bad situation um, then sort of um, you know I, I, I turned up to training but Morris didn't really have anything you know he would talk to me but he wouldn't wouldn't call me he wouldn't set me yeah. any training and stuff and it just felt a bit awkward you know um, and then look, I, I called him and stuff and, and, and he agreed to meet with me you know I thought oh you know cool we're going to sort this out you know I, I apologise said look I, whatever I've done wrong you know the thing is Ben I just did exactly as he said I never once argued with the training that wasn't the right. problem it was just some, some things and maybe it was a clash of personalities you know um you know, I'm I'm quite sort of flamboyant. You know, um, <laughs> you know, I'm quite a lively character. You know, yeah. um, but anyway, we met up, and I always remember it. We we met up over the back of the guided bus route where, like Adam Brooks is. It was a bit, it was it was a bit weird. Why he just met there? We wasn't like we went to the pub or anything. And he and he just said to me, but it's flat out again. There was no sort of high how's things going. He just said, look, Ian, I, I think it's time that you should um, forget about running. Oh, right. And I was just like, well, what do you mean? He said, look, I think you should just move on. Mm. And I don't know whether he was trying to help me or, but to me, that was just a really, uh, I don't know, it was, wasn't a particularly nice thing to kind of do. No. So did like, that, did that give you the fire to react against and push on then? Well, it didn't in the beginning. I sort of undenied and thought, well, what am I going to do? And, 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 it, but, you know, it, it led me to eventually, yeah, sort of think, well, you know what, I'm not going to be told, I'm going to stop when I want to stop. 
Yeah. You know, and so then I kind of yeah, started to get back into kind of training. Um, I went through a couple of coaches. I was being coached by a guy down at Loughborough again, but that was kind of like a long distance thing, and it wasn't really quite, you know, he had his athletes down in Loughborough. I was got sort of a bit like sort of, yeah. you know, the, the kind of kid who's out of the way, and I got sort of not kind of, uh, you know, it, it was a good program, but a bit sort of outside, out of mind, you know, wasn't, it, it just didn't, didn't work for me. And, you know, I ran okay. I think I maybe broke my 3K PB and, and, and stuff like that. And, and um, But then I was sort of training on my own down at um, Wilberforce Road or on the grass. And then I bumped into uh, a coach called Philip O'Dell, who's the Bedford coach. Okay. But he was coaching the Cambridge University Hare and Hounds yes. at that point in, in time. And I just instantly, I'd always always kind of chatted to him over the over the year. Um, and he was, he was just a nice guy, you know, a really nice guy. Seemed really interested. He was always asking again what I was doing and stuff. And I just said to him, "Look, I'm being coached by um, uh, Alistair, you know." Um, and, and, I, and I just said that um, who he knew. And I said, "Look, it's it's just not really working out because I'm, I'm down here and he can't see me. You know, I, I'd like to have someone there that I can at least check in with once mm, a week, or once a month. You know." And he said, "Look, I, I, I'll be happy to coach you, but it's got to be done in the right way." You know, so I, you know, he meant that, you know, he would want me to talk to Alistair to okay it. Yeah. And, you know, because obviously there's these things that you can poach athletes and, and yes, stuff. Of and, he, yeah. and, he, and he didn't want to be seen like that. And it just made sense because I had a training group already there that was starting to become very, very good. You know, Phil had had a good history with, um, uh, you know, with quite a lot of good runners. You know, again, I, I wouldn't say that his training was perfectly tailored to my running but he was a good guy and we got on well and that was the main thing I respected him and liked him and felt I could talk to him good right so sorry, sorry to interrupt you but we, we've got to sort of move on quite quickly because time's a bit against us so I want you to yes, get in <laughs> time flies doesn't it when you've got a lifetime of running we we'll have to do two episodes maybe no. but no no, no. we've still got a fair bit of time but I just want to be make sure we get on to quite a few other things yeah. so, so you've, yeah, you've yeah. now got this field coaching and then that things start getting better and is this when you start yeah. getting back towards the PBs now yeah so that was when I was already pretty much aware of my issues with compartment syndrome, I knew what services I could could train on. I was having problems. I'd gone back to Mike and, you know, he said, look, enough's enough, I can't do you any more surgery, you're right. just going to have to, because uh, he said that uh, you, these your wounds are not going to heal. So I was like, okay, so I, I had to manage it, so I, you know, maybe they'd be training on the track and Phil would come and watch me on the grass, you know, so I'd be on my own or maybe with one of the other guys who, who again, was having some calf issues. But, it was with Phil that I went on to, you know, I'll, I'll fast forward that I went on and, and I broke um, all of my PBs from 800 up to 5K. So right, let's hear what some of those are and let's hear about how you got um, to run for Scotland as well. So, well, actually, I, I, I forgot, I'd already been picked to run for Scotland when I'd been with Morris, actually. Right. So I'd, I'd run for Scotland about two or three times, twice in an indoor international, um, and then there was an outdoor... Uh, it was a, it was a Loughborough International that I'd also got picked for. Brilliant. So I, I've already actually represented Scotland three times. I just want to quickly rewind. 
because I wanted to, obviously my main goal was to run in the Commonwealth Games in Delhi and then in Glasgow again, surgery fell twice yeah. in, in between and that basically knocked me out and I missed out on both times by less than a second on the qualifying time. That's tough, um, isn't it? So, you know, that was my biggest disappointment and, and all I wanted to do was go to the Commonwealth Games. I knew I wasn't going to be an Olympic athlete because of all the problems that I had and I just hadn't got it right over the years. You know, had I gone from a junior through the ranks and had, and had been guided well, I think that, you know, even Phil had said to me, he said, God, if only you'd been in your 20s, he said, you'd be absolutely, you know, uh, unstoppable, you know, because I, 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 I am built well, you know, yeah. and, 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 and I don't mean that in a weird way, but I'm, I'm just athletic normal, you know, that's my yeah. natural build. I'm fast, I'm strong, you know, and I've got a good a good engine yeah. but um but yeah so I, I i just went on and and i think I, I broke i think i broke 150 for 800 which is some which is some going i think i ran i think around three 342 for the 1500 and again there was definitely more more in the tank there i, I think i could have run way quicker than that i think um 3k i think i ran 8.5 or 8.4 yeah. You know, uh, you know, th- th- these are all really, really respectful. Yeah, really are, I, yeah. I, I, I ran low 14 minutes for um, 5K. And it just was a shame because that all came at 34, 35 years of, of, like of age. And someone actually messaged me and said, that actually, do you know that you're the only guy to have broken all your PBs at that age? Huh. You know, in terms of in the, in, the, in the kind of UK. And I was, you know, ranked, you know, like one or two in Europe over certain distances and stuff and, and still competing with the seniors but I, I it was all a bit too late you know I was yeah. coming towards the end of my you know my calves had had probably nine or ten surgeries you know I, I was kind of a ticking time bomb you know and, so did you get another international vest at that point or not yeah, yeah. I, I got another two after that and they were both they were both in Loughborough internationals nice um, one was over 15 and one was 3k brilliant so you know, I, I I have a lot of regrets, but there's a there's a lot of things that I don't regret, and I think it's just, it's, it, it's it's a shame that I'm not more involved in athletics and, and stuff. You know, obviously I'm a personal trainer now, and I, I I often look at a lot of people that are going to other trainers and, and they're wanting to run. I'm thinking, well, why don't you come to come to me? But I think you yeah. you, you you hit the nail on the head uh, uh, in the beginning. No one really knows me yeah. in terms of so off the radar um, on the kind of Cambridge running scene. You know, well, well hope, hopefully this will redress that a little bit. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, give you, I'll, give you, I'll give you a minute at the end to plug, you know, exactly how they can get in touch with you and all that in a, in a bit, in a bit. But, I mean, you said um, Commonwealth Games realistically was your aim and obviously that was a real disappointment that the surgery um, put paid to that. And I know exactly, you know, what you mean. A lot of people I've spoken to have had a goal and come close to you know, get into Olympic selection, whatever it might be. But let's not forget that there are there is better things than the uh, Commonwealth Games. There's the Chariots of Fire. I mean, yes, mu- mu- much higher level that is. And we've shared... I always had a lot of beef with that race. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, it's, it's probably one of my favourite races. Yeah, and we've, of course, shared the the wonderful vests which change every year for the junior team. And he, he's actually asked me to ask you why why you like Chariots so much. So just a minute or two on that. Well, I think um, for, for for starters, I, I think it's it's you know Julia has a lot to do with that. I can see how much 
he genuinely loves running and watching people run. He, 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 he has a real admiration for good runners and, and you know, and it was, it was my pleasure to sort of, you know, I think he, at, at, at that time, I, I was a very good runner, you know, and, and he asked me and I think he maybe thought, well, you know what, there's no way that Ian's going to run for me. In a, in, a, in, a, in a local charity race yeah. and the simple fact was is you know I think well I, I was over the moon because it's 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 a great race it's very you know you don't often get the chance to run as a team yeah and, and I love the team element you know like the team element of it and, and watching you know Julio be so happy that you know when I was putting in 110%. You know, it wasn't like I just breezed around. I just ran my heart out. And I, and I run my heart out every time I'm, I'm, I'm down there. I just really love the... Uh, mm. I, I always like crowds. I always like, you know, again, that touches on, on, the, like on the acting and stuff. I, I like, you know... You like being in I the like limelight. Crowds, I like the atmosphere. I like the, the excitement. And, and that's why I, you know, like it. And, 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 and as I say, it's, it's such a good team team race everyone gets excited it's a great day you know you meet in the morning there's like you know you get to see what vest you're wearing what what color vest is it going to be this year it's just exciting and yeah. you just don't get and that's right and we do our, we do our warm-up lap together we get our photos and and then yeah. usually and usually nine times out of ten we're on the podium but you missed out on the year when we actually won it didn't you yeah i was in las las vegas um shocking partying you know but i uh, don't regret that i think that was the year that i met my girlfriend actually oh, right. <laughs> so so it wasn't all bad right fair Even enough I was, I was devastated that i wasn't part of the team I'll, I'll have you know i saw it on facebook and i was just like unbelievable absolutely but, unbelievable but there, there are often there are often some top runners in the first leg especially aren't there and i remember um at least one year you um getting in front of some Fast boys that the glass was it glass yeah. works or glass world? Glass works, yeah. Yeah, that their um team had won a couple of years running, hadn't we? And you you sorted them out on the first leg at least. No, I did. Yeah, I, I, and as I say, I just get because you know, again they bring in a bunch of ringers who are yeah. all kind of again some of them are international athletes, and you know I I have beef with them year in year out on the, on the track. <laughs> I mean, I think I can't remember who I was up against, but I absolutely buried him on the first leg by. Um, a minute and a half you know so yeah. um but yeah no i mean i i, I have you know I, I am getting back into things you know and mm. i'm getting back to being fit again so and i'm enjoying running you know i had a, a break of probably three or four years away from running you know and and obviously i kept myself fit but i think there's nothing like running yeah very true <laughs> I mean, I've always liked training. I've always liked really training myself hard and pushing myself to see what I can do. I was doing it on the watt bike. I was doing it on the indoor rower, but um, it didn't fill the gap. It, I don't get the same buzz as I do from running. And I think, you know, just, just one thing that, you know, obviously with, with my mum passing away hmm. um, last year, that, that had, you know, she always um, uh, loved to watch me run. And, you know, she came to chariots once or twice as well, didn't she? She loved it. Yeah. You know, and, and she just loves all sports, but she loved me running, loved watching me running. And I, you know, one of the things I said to her was that, you know what, I'll, I'll get back into get back into running. So that's one of the things that's kind of fueled, fueled yeah. my uh, fire and stuff. And, and I do have a couple of targets that, if you know, COVID allows, I, I've got a little 
you know, a few targets in, in mind. You know, they're realistic. You know, I know I'm not the runner I was, but I'm still, I can still move. Yeah. Excellent. You know, I think... Um, yeah, we've only got a few minutes left, so I want to ask you, you can perhaps tell us what one of those targets is maybe, but then follow it up with perhaps your favourite session, because we ask everyone this, so you've got to give us your favourite session, and you've also got to tell us your favourite food for athletics, which I'm hoping is not a German McDonald's. Remember, you're talking to a veggie as well. Right, OK. <laughs> so, amb- ambition for, you know, what, what, what I'm looking to do. Well, I, I've always wanted to run the Cambridge Half. OK, very good. Um, and I'd like to sort of, I think it would be, even a top 10 finish, I think, would be hard. Oh, it is now. Yeah. Times, that's hard. Yeah. You know, um, maybe top five town and gown, oh, yeah. um, if, if they go ahead. Um, I'd like to get involved more in the local, local Great stuff. stuff, yeah. Um, favourite session then? Oh, favourite session. I wouldn't say it was my favourite, but I think the most beneficial and the one that I'm the most scared of is probably <laughs> when we used to go to Royston Heath. Yeah. And we used to have to do uh, 10 to 12 times. It, it's You've got the Fairfield Road Heath. Yeah. It's on the left-hand side, there's this grass, grass kind of verge. It's about 300 metres. Uh, it's where everyone sledges. We used to have to do that hill off walkbacks, and it was brutal. I, I would be petrified every time we went there but it was so good um, and we also used to go for McDonald's afterwards uh, <laughs> in Royston but uh, the, the back of these but yeah so the, and, and I think that leads us on to the food oh it, it doesn't have to be like athletic food or no just go on food. anything anything you'd recommend is it going to be Scottish porridge that would be mine for what did you say it's not going to, is it going to be porridge for a good, a good Scotsman no I, I like porridge but you mm. know I, I like a lot of food but I'm very partial to Okay, dog. Veggie burgers are good too. Anyway, um, good stuff. Excellent, excellent. Right, we re- before we go, then now's your chance. Obviously, you're working as a personal trainer now. People have heard you. They've heard about how good a runner you are. Maybe they like the way you're talking. If they want to follow you, get in touch with you, whatever. Give us some information now. Well, how would you like them to approach you, or if you do want? Yes. Yeah, so obviously, I have an indoor private studio, which is situated in Trumpington, you know, it's kitted out very nicely, as I say, it's, it's normally one in, one out, but I do train couples, um, and, it, you know, it's got what bikes, I have uh, lifting uh, equipment, you know, it, it's a kind of a boutique, private, private sort of uh, place, but unfortunately that's closed at the moment because yeah. of COVID, um, and I'm working from Pembroke Sports Ground on Grantchester Road, so I have mm-hmm. a little lock-up there and a little shelter which again is kitted out. It is one of the best facilities for running, that is for certain. And it's, and it's a private ground. Um, Lovely. So, you know, if, if I've always wanted to do, you know, running sessions from there. And I did a couple of years ago, but again, work issues got in the way. I was working for a, a kind of a change in. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, the best way to get in touch with, with me, obviously, you know, you can, I'm, I'm on Instagram and social media, but I have a website. It's I wfptpro.co.uk okay we'll, um, we'll share that in the episode yeah. notes as well so yeah and uh, again that has all the details on there um, has a link to Instagram um, I think yeah there's obviously contacts and stuff on there so yeah I mean Brilliant. again I mean, so are you taking on people of all levels and 
runners or anyone yeah. just interested in getting yeah. fitter? Literally anyone. As I say, it's funny because I don't really train any runners. You know, and that's madness because, I, you know, like it's, it's like I know... Apart from Julia. I mean, yeah, well, apart from Julia, I, I do train Julia. That is right. That, oh, yeah, I, I feel bad. God, I, I hope he's not, he'll, he'll be listening to that thing. Well, I'm a runner. Hang on a minute. But, you know, um, You've mortally offended him now. <laughs> I, 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 I won't be seeing him anymore. <laughs> he'll give me the boot. Um, Ciao, Julia. No, I, mean, I do take on all levels. I mean, I, I, I train all, all ages. I mean, I'm training at the moment like an eight-year-old kid and I've trained yeah, I people you. up into their 70s. You know, I think that the one of the things that people, I'm not that guy who only trains elite athletes. Right. That's what a lot of people think. I think they thought that, you know, I'm, uh, I just train regular jokes. Brilliant. Regular people that uh, are either looking to get fit, some want to get better at running, some just want to basically go out drinking at the weekend and not put on any, they just want to stay at that, you know, level. You know, it's, um, you know, it's pretty much anyone, but I obviously have an interest in um, running and, and yeah. all kind of sports, really. You know, whether they're tennis players, um, hockey players, you know, I, I just like training people for, you know, for, for, for kind of sports and stuff, really. You know, it's... Um, Excellent. Well, that, that's certainly come across in, in the way you've been talking today, and that's been brilliant. Yeah. I'm sorry we've got to bring it to an end there because of... Time. No, yeah, we're pleasure. fast approaching the 60 minutes, which my uh, recording apparatus will cut out on. So uh, we've got to say uh-huh. goodbye there. And um, yeah, that's been brilliant. And uh, yeah, people hopefully will look out for you and get in touch and see how we get on. But we'll also listen with interest and look back on what's really been a fantastic career in terms of what you've managed to achieve, even in your 30s. And as you say, you've gone right under the radar. Uh, but not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> so it's been great talking to you, Ian. Thanks ever so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to Ian Willie Williamson there talking about his running career and all the ups and downs that went with it. Please tune in again soon for the next episode. And in the meantime, if you've got questions for guests, get in touch. I'm also hoping to do a question and answer session myself, maybe about coaching topics, about the Cambridge Half Marathon or about the podcast in general. So please do send in your questions. Use the Facebook page. We've got the Instagram picking up. And we're on email as well, of course, at cambridgeendurance at yahoo.com. Do get in touch. We want to hear from more of you. And until then, as I always say, keep enduring.